thanks to Buy Association for supporting the Property Insiders podcast. Buy Association is an award-winning investment company specialising in the UK property market. For more information, visit buyassociation.co.uk. Hi, I'm your host, Charlie Fisher, and welcome to the Property Insiders podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about all things leasehold and freehold, the benefits and the differences of both. I'm joined today by Sotheby's international realty agent, Will Tremlett. Will, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Great, I'm good, thank you. Looking forward to another podcast. Me too. Here we go. Well, today you are going to be telling me about leasehold and freehold. There are major differences between both. Are you able to give our listeners some insight into these? Yes, I certainly can. Um, I think the first thing to talk about is freehold. Um, freehold is, as you say, it, uh, the land that you have under your feet. Um, it's very much your land. It's very much your property. Um, however, not everything is quite as clear as day. Um, freeholds can have uh, what we call covenants. Um, now, this is maybe from years ago. It may be uh, put in when, when the the house was built but you can find some funny covenants uh, let's say for example you can't keep poultry on your land or um, what are the mineral rights or the airspace certainly in a big city like London airspace is is, is quite a quite a, another topic perhaps at some stage but not everything in freehold is quite as people expect it to be. So there are complications to owning the land if you have a freehold property? Occasionally, yes. I think I probably overcomplicating it, but let's take Belgravia as an example. Uh, you have a very large estate under the Grosvenor family, and uh, there is something called the Belgravia Management Scheme. Now, this benefits all freeholders and all leaseholders on the estate, but it essentially likes to keep the area looking as good as it can. That is in terms of uh, redecorating the externals of your property every seven to ten years. Uh, it's not set in stone like that, but there it, it's more of a guide. Um, you won't see too many properties around here, let's say, painted a different colour, or the front doors are mostly black. This comes under historic terms so to speak so even though you are freehold they do govern you slightly now when you're being governed like this not like a parliament or anything like that <laughs> it, it's not governing your life it is essentially keeping the area to a standard that you expect to live in yourself you hope your neighbors will do exactly the same um People comment on Belgravia, they can go away for 10, 15 years and they can come back and go, yep, what a wonderful street Chester Square is. And they come back and they just feel as if they've come home. So it, it's part of the whole neighbourhood rather than just because you've got a freehold, you can do what you like. It, it's not quite as simple as that. Interesting. And what are the benefits then of having a freehold? Having uh, The benefits of having the freehold is you don't pay a service charge. 
Um, you don't have any external management companies. Uh, you can use it how you like, really. Uh, for mortgage purposes, if you're if you're getting finance on a, on a property, obviously freehold is going to be deemed by far the best. Um, that's probably about it. Yeah. And so you fully own your property at freehold, though. Yes, very much so. But there are just those little terms and conditions that you will have to adhere to. Certainly in Belgravia, uh, very much so in the whole of London. Um, it might be as far out as Ealing, uh, but you just have to check into these things. They are, as I say, probably old covenants. Um, some can be quite demanding, uh, but the reason why you're buying a freehold is to own it yourself. Okay, and what about leasehold? Leasehold, uh, you should never shy away from leasehold. It is not that bad. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, it is there to be a general rule book of what you can and you can't do during the use of your property. Um, this is not to be construed as having to obey to a certain lifestyle, but it's rather how you would like to live or be treated yourself and basically have a nice neighbourly conduct. Um, but leaseholds, they, they can vary. Uh, you have new developments that perhaps give 250-year leases. Uh, you've got new builds that perhaps give a share of freehold immediately. Um, but in the more established areas, there are quite a few little nuances of the lease that, in a way, is actually quite fascinating. But your day-to-day -day living with a leasehold is not going to be any different to your day-to-day -day living in a freehold. What about once the lease has expired, though? Yes, a little bit extreme. Um, <laughs> I think when you do actually end the lease, I mean, technically, yes, you have to hand the keys back, uh, vacate the property and hand it back to the to the freeholder, who's probably rubbing his hands in glee, saying, I'm going to create a new lease and um, skips away into the into the sunset, <laughs> a very happy man. But um, generally speaking, the length of lease is, when, when you buy the property, the length of lease will be stated. Uh, let's take two scenarios. A uh, 125-year lease is still going to be rated at the same value as a 999-year lease. Now, obviously, if you live in a property for 75 years, uh, you will be there with 50 years remaining, um, whereas if you had 999 years, you still got 949 years to go. But at the end of the day, the length of lease that you buy should be certainly sufficient. If it is a shorter lease, you have options. There are a couple of little scenarios, technical points I just want to point out. Um, if a lease gets down to 80 years, the 80-year mark is a very important year in terms of if you are extending the lease the marriage value of the two leases combined or the the, the the marriage value of the lease that has been extended over 80 years is negated in negotiations with the freeholder if you then drop below 80 years 
this effectively doubles your premium that you have to pay to the freeholder. So let's say at 81 years, you have £100,000 to increase that lease. At 79 years, you might pay £200,000. Oh, wow. So you have to be a little bit prepared. Always ask, always take advice. A, a, a good friendly agent will always understand where you need to be on the leasehold. Now, the vast majority of people probably listening to this podcast have 500 years on their lease or they are freehold, but occasionally someone might buy a 60-year lease. And all the arguments go round and round. And essentially, the sooner you can increase your lease, the better. Now, there is a system in place to uh, increase your lease. Uh, The statutory right is for a term of 90 years on top of your current lease. To qualify... You have to have owned the flat or the property for two years or more from completion. As long as you keep it in your own name or the same name, should I say. Therefore, after those two years, you have a legal right to ask to do what we call a section 42 to the freeholder, who will then have to, they've got to go through that process. Now, whether you agree on the actual uh cost of doing so that's another thing um oh, so you, do you have to pay yes you will have to pay so essentially let's call it uh 125 year lease and um you brought the you bought that 50 years ago so you have 75 years left on your lease at that stage you want to increase the lease by 90 years the freeholder will argue that the million pounds that your current lease is worth would increase to two million pounds if it was a long lease. So he wants compensation. Um, It's as simple as that. But you have to argue slightly or negotiate uh, the best way forward. But you have a legal right to extend your lease. So which essentially is better, a freehold or a leasehold in an ideal world? If... You had to make a choice. You would always go for freehold. However, it's very difficult finding a freehold flat. It is much easier finding a freehold house. In fact, all houses should be freehold. If they are originally leasehold, you can't extend the lease. You have to go to freehold. So the premium will rise the lower your lease comes down so let's say you have a 30-year lease of a house you can't do a 90-year extension which might be a little bit less than what you would get for the freehold so you've got to go for freehold so that's a slight difference a leasehold you the benefits I suppose is you can work your lease how you want to if you buy a 50-year lease it's still a long time it will see me out. It may not see all of our friends out, but 50 years in a property is a long time. However, you've got to think about investment, how you hand it down to your family or your your, your children. Um, So that is why you want to try and keep the lease as long as possible. 
Can you buy out your lease on a leasehold from the landlord? You... Yes, you can in certain circumstances. Um, normally in a block of flats, you would have to have a collective number of people to buy them out. Uh, essentially, that means there are a lot of different lawyers involved, a lot of different homeowners involved. They may not all like the numbers that have been quoted, and it's a very long-winded and very complicated business. And some people don't have the patience, let alone sometimes the money to do it so you might look at extending your lease yourself so that that may be a different length of lease in a building let's say in Belgravia you, you, your upstairs uh, upstairs neighbours might have a 50-year lease you might extend your lease by 90 years and so therefore you've got a first floor flat with 140 years on the lease so they don't always have to tie in um, but you can be flexible. So if you purchase a flat of 50 years on the length of lease, you've got time. You don't necessarily have to do it after two years. You can wait five years. It, it, it's also something to add here is the, the market does rise and it occasionally wobbles a little bit and perhaps goes down. If you are looking at extending a lease, you might look at that cycle uh, because if the market is near the bottom, you will get a more favourable rate because of the comparable evidence of the longer leases in your neighbourhood. So you can slightly play the game if you have to. Ah, interesting. And what about the landlord? Does the landlord change over time or can the landlord physically sell their lease? The landlord cannot sell their lease. Um, they could sell the freehold or they could sell the ground rents that you might be paying. Um, there's a lot in the press at the moment on that. Um, but essentially, they can't sell your lease. It is your lease. So it is your ownership. Otherwise, it would be confiscation and they can't do that. They can sell the freehold to another person who then takes on the responsibility of that building. But then again, that would be a very rare thing to do, certainly in central London, uh, when you're considering uh, either large families have owned large tracts of land or uh, charities, uh, the Wellcome Trust, for example. Um, they, they would really never like to sell a freehold. Um, uh, they're not great sellers, but they do like people buying leasehold from them. Um, so it would be rare for anybody to particularly do that. But there are cases outside of London uh, on, let's say, some new estates that the developer has built all the properties. Uh, they may have sold the individual units as leasehold on a ground rent, let's say, of £500 a year, and they sold that on to a different company. And that's when it gets a little bit murky, to be honest. Can ground rents increase or decrease depending on the landlord per year? Yes, it shouldn't. In effect, it's not down to the landlord to uh, increase a, a ground rent just on a whim. It will be set out 
the terms of which will be set out in the lease. Uh, I'm afraid there's, again, there's a lot in the press at the moment with um, people doubling ground rents every 10 years, which actually, if you think about it, a £500 ground rent per annum at the beginning of your lease in the 100th year, that will increase to £128,000 per annum just for the ground rent. Oh, wow. And it has somewhat taken... Uh, front page news Um, so I do expect there to be a few changes in that scenario but the the one thing they won't be able to change is um, the premiums for topping up a lease going back a little bit in the podcast if you do own a long lease you shouldn't really have any worries Um, yes you have to pay your service charge Yes, you have to pay your ground rent if that's payable. Uh, A lot of landlords actually have peppercorn ground rents. So there is no ground rent. Um, You can, as a resident, have the right to group together to purchase the freehold. But equally so, that takes a lot of energy. So people do have a managing agent. Yes, there are some management charges, but it takes the headaches away from people. So when someone says it's £2,000 a year on a service charge. There's quite a lot of work that goes into that. And they can monitor the condition of the main building. So if every five years they need to have the front door painted, they will take care of it. So the advantage of that is that you are paying a regular sum every year for keeping a building in good condition. If you own a freehold, If the roof collapses, it's down to you. You have to pay that. If it needs repainting externally through the landlord or whatever, then you've got to pay for it in the whole capacity. Uh, By what I mean is uh, if painting a very nice big house on Chester Square could cost 80, 100,000 pounds just for repainting the outside. If you are in a block of flats, yes, it may cost about the same, but you're being divided up by, let's say, five or six different people. So your, let's say your charge will be £15,000 for that one-off cost. So th- there are advantages to being in a leasehold. Cool. Well, thank you so much, Will. Do you have any tips for our listeners today, just to end off our podcast? Please take advice from the agent. Um, we at Sotheby's, we have specialists in different areas and they would be the best people to go and speak to initially if you have any concerns. But I'd be delighted to sit down with anybody, talk through length of leases, the nuances of the leases, um, what it really means to be freehold in a lovely Belgravia house um, and the benefits of, and then you can just make up your own mind. Uh, In some areas, it's very difficult to find a leasehold, but in other areas, it's predominantly leasehold. So you have to see where you want to be, work out your numbers, take advice. Perfect. Thank you so much, Will. Thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. If you need any more information, be sure to check out sotheby'srealty.co.uk and you can also find us on Instagram at Charlie Fisher and at UK Sotheby's Realty.